Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Monday as we kick off a brand new week. What does this week have in store? Well, if the past couple of weeks are any indication, it is going to be a wild ride. I hope you guys had a fantastic Easter weekend. Uh, Passover continues, and so this is a pretty holy time for a lot of Americans. So I hope that uh, you are all enjoying it. This is your go-to for Hot Liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. On social media, on Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. You can also send me an email. Let me know what's on your mind. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Again, Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Drop me a note. Love to hear from you guys. Okay, this week, we are going to deal with the threats facing us, and they are many. Dave McCormick is going to join us here on Wednesday. Remember, he ran against Dr. Oz for the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate. Oz got the nomination. Oz ended up not being elected for a whole variety of reasons. Dave McCormick is going to be here because he's written a new book called Superpower in Peril. And man, are we in peril. So I want to talk to him about all of the threats that the United States faces from the CCP, through the Russians, through the Iranians, uh, to our internal enemies as well, which in many ways is the most serious one that we face. So we are going to have a very important conversation here coming up on Wednesday. 
Also, later this week, we're going to lighten things up because Lord knows we need it with the hilarious Terrence Williams. If you don't know who Terrence Williams is, you got to get with the program. Find out before Friday's show (laughs) because Friday's show is not to be missed. Terrence is a comedian. He's an America First patriot, and he's got such an incredible story to tell. Um, You know, his father never knew his father. His mother was addicted to drugs. He grew up largely in the foster care system. And I, I mean, it's just an unbelievable story of American resilience and the American dream. He's now hugely successful. He does stand-up comedy around the country. He's got a new podcast, which I was very uh, honored to be a part of a couple of weeks ago. And he's going to be here with his very unique and hilarious take on what is going on in America and around the world. So you're not going to want to miss that. Plus, we've got some other big guests teed up down the line. So you want to make sure that you're not missing a second of this show. You do not want to have FOMO. FOMO is not good. So pay attention, download every single one of these shows. Okay, today we're going to deal with big tech's dangerous control over so much of our lives and what we can actually do about it. There are some people doing important things about it. And one of them, Michael Seifert, will be here to tell us what he is building. Michael was on the panel that I moderated at CPAC, and he is amazing. And the tech platform that he is building is also amazing. If you are completely fed up with sending your money to Jeff Bezos at Amazon and to all kinds of big tech creeps, and you want to direct your disposable income to fellow patriots, and support them and their small businesses and the kinds of goods and services that they are offering us, but you don't know how to find your fellow patriots doing this? Well, Michael Seifert has actually built the platform to bring all of us together. It's a new marketplace called Public Square. It's incredible. And he's going to be here in just a couple of minutes to tell us all about it. Also today, I want to deal with China. China is making some really menacing moves, both in its neighborhood and around the world. And we've got allies, or seeming allies, falling apart on us here. So I want to take that apart here, too. But first, the Monica Memo. George Soros is the root of so much evil. Maybe not the root of all evil, but he is the root of so much evil. And why we allow this foreign-born billionaire to wreak this kind of havoc in America is beyond me. It's beyond me. A stronger society would not tolerate a George Soros operating within its borders with endless amounts of money designed to torpedo our foundational principles and ultimately implode America. A strong society would not put up with this, but we're not a strong society. And so we do. George Soros is about 318 years old. But unfortunately, George Soros reproduced. So he has children. And one of those children, his name is Alexander or Alex Soros. He is George Soros' son. And he chairs the organization that his father founded, the Open Society Foundations. 
I remember reading about the Open Society Foundation back in like the early to mid-1990s. And I remember talking to President Nixon about it as well. And, and you know, it all, the left is so good at manipulating language. So open society sounds great, right? And when the wall was coming down and Russia was trying to get its sea legs after being the Soviet Union, um, the open society sounded like a positive thing. Oh, we want to advance freedom. We want to advance uh, market economics. We want all societies to be open and free. It sounded so easy breezy. Right? And so this is what they do. They pull the wool over your eyes with good sounding titles for things when the actual objective is very dark and antithetical to freedom. That's exactly what the Open Society is. Uh, And Soros founded it again 30, 35 years ago now, and he's taken it in all kinds of directions. So everybody thought that when George Soros died, as we all eventually have to, that that would be cause for celebration, that that would be the end of George Soros's dark hand on the world, collapsing currencies, making his fortune by imploding national economies, undermining democracy and freedom around the world to serve his own purposes and his own globalist agenda. Everybody thought when he kicks the can, this will be great. One less villain to worry about, right? Well, Not so fast, because he does have this son, Alex, and he's got a couple of other children, I think. But Alex seems to be the heir apparent for all of these dark activities here and around the world. And he's only 37. So we have many more years of Alex Soros, who I'm sure at some point will get married and have children, and then we'll have to deal with those Soros kids. But right now, George is still on the scene, and Alexander is feeling himself because Alexander, according to records released and reported by the New York Post over the weekend, Alex Soros visited the Biden White House 14 times last year. 14 times he was on those visitor logs. Now, they're very shifty with these visitor logs, so these are 14 trips that we knew about. How many times did he show up there for meetings or even off-site from the White House with uh, Biden folks that we don't know about? We have no idea. His latest trips to the White House include visiting on December 1st with then-White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain's advisor, Nina Suravatva, who also worked on Biden's presidential campaign. So what is Alex Soros doing in the Biden White House 14 times last year? That's more than once a month. What was he talking about? Who did he meet? Who did he see? Did he talk to Biden? Did he talk to Harris? Did he talk to Klain? It says here, Klain's advisor, Nina, whatever her name is. But how do we know that those conversations were just limited to her? You have no idea. Once you're in the White House, you're free to roam. I've been there many times. You're free to roam. You go into the West Wing. It's a tiny little warren of offices. So you're there to see Nina. What's her face? But oh, gosh, golly, I ran into Ron Klain. Oh, yeah, we stopped and had coffee at the White House mess. Oh, and while we were there, guess who walked in? Kamala. It was such a coincidence. And then Biden stopped by for his soft oatmeal for lunch. 
And we had a couple of words there to, they don't have to report any of those. So we have no idea who we talked to and what was the subject. We also have no idea, but I guarantee you this, I guarantee you that all of these conversations are about figuring out how to finance and rig the next election. Pouring billions of Soros dollars into that. Because this is what they do. They take their money, and they have a lot of it, and they pour it into restructuring American society, reorienting it to a more Marxist model. So all of these Soros-funded DAs, their job is to be a turnstile for violent criminals. You go in the system, you come out the system, many times the same day. Why? It's the communist equivalent of emptying the prisons. You allow the violent criminals back on the streets, you create mayhem. Communists need chaos in order to affect their kind of change. So he's poured all of this money across the country into DA's races and gotten a ton of DA's elected. Um, and they're doing his bidding, which is really the Marxist bidding of creating chaos and violent mayhem. But what else are they doing? Well, obviously, they're trying to tip elections. And they had a heavy hand in 2020. They had a heavy hand in 2022, and I guarantee you that a lot of these meetings, if not all of them, had to do with November's election last year and uh, looking ahead to 2024 and how they could rig those elections. They have all the money in the world to help that out. I guarantee you that's what Alex Soros' conversations in the Biden White House were all about. Speaking of the malign influence of the Soroses, a bit of good news here, but let's see if there's follow-through. A George Soros-backed prosecutor in St. Louis, her name is Kim Gardner, and she is a piece of work, just like Alvin Bragg in New York and so many of these other Soros DAs around the country. But now she's under fire for her alleged mishandling of cases as Missouri's Attorney General Andrew Bailey, who is a Republican, has now taken steps to remove her from office. Bailey announced in a February press release that he had filed that he had filed suit to remove her that he had filed suit to remove her from office citing, quote, years of willful neglect for the cases she was responsible for prosecuting. Quote, as attorney general, I want to protect the people of St. Louis, and that includes ensuring prosecutors protect the public, he said. He continues, we gave Circuit Attorney Gardner the chance to do the right thing and resign. She has refused to do so. And my office filed at 12.01 p.m. to remove her from office immediately. The petition related by Bailey, who is Missouri's AG, alleges that the circuit court has been forced to dismiss more than 2,700 cases, often because of Kim Gardner's inexplicable failure to provide defendants with discovery and a speedy trial, which is a defendant's constitutional right, and that her lack of diligence has forced her office to dismiss more than 9,000 cases, frequently on the cusp of trial endlessly frustrating courts and victims desperate for justice. 
All right. So good for him. This is the Missouri Attorney General, Andrew Bailey. He deserves all of our support. This is incredible. And this is the way it's done. On Friday, we talked about the Tennessee House legislators who booted two out of the three Tennessee radical Democrats that had taken over the Tennessee Capitol for gun control as part of a huge protest was basically an insurrection. And so the Republicans in Tennessee actually stood up to the challenge, stepped up and removed two out of those three colleagues for uh, stopping official business, which, you know, according to the January 6th stuff coming from the left, that is tantamount to an insurrection. Overtaking a capital, not leaving, screaming and yelling, and stopping official business from being done. So the Tennessee Republicans really stepped up. And we talked about this on Friday. If you haven't yet heard that show, go back and listen to it. It was great. But here also now, We've got another fantastic example of a Republican with stones. And it's long past time, right, that we had Republicans actually willing to stand up and fight back. So he's now saying, this Andrew Bailey in Missouri, he has now filed to remove this Soros DA from office because she's not prosecuting any criminal cases. She's letting people go. And she's also not abiding by the law in terms of discovery and defendant's rights. So, um, looks like she could bite the dust. We'll see how this goes. But we're finally seeing Republicans across the country step up and fight back, fire with fire. It's the only way we're going to take our country back, guys. That's it. I mean... I wish it weren't the case, but the other side has been waging a war for the future of this country, and only they have been fighting it. All right, when we come back, I want to deal with China. And then a little bit later in the show, we are going to talk to Michael Seifert of Public Square, who's actually building an alternate tech universe so we can get out of the grip of big tech. You don't want to miss that. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. 
That's promo code Monica at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Okay, welcome back. I want to turn our attention right now to China. We haven't talked about China in in a little while here, and uh, we had something develop over the last couple of days, so this really deserves our attention. President Trump posted maybe his most ominous truth social post yet. All he wrote over the weekend was World War III. Is he trying to tell us where all of this is headed? as it looks like the United States might lose the dollar as the world's reserve currency, that is going to be an epic, epic collapse and nightmare, the likes of which we have never seen, not even in the Great Depression. This is going to be so bad if this happens that it's hard to put into words how bad this is going to be. And also at the same time, you've got tensions heating up between China and Taiwan. Just a couple of days ago, French President Emmanuel Macron met with the Chinese President Xi Jinping, and they took part in this Franco-Chinese Business Council meeting in Beijing. After that meeting, Macron went on the record and said that Europe should reduce its dependency on the United States. France is an erstwhile ally, but it is still an ally. And so for an ally to make that kind of statement should be very alarming to all of us. At the same time, while Macron was saying we don't need the United States all that much, we should look to others like, say, China. At the same time, China started drills around Taiwan out of anger that Taiwan's president, Tsai Ing-wen, met with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Now, they met in California. They didn't meet in Taiwan, but still China was pissed. So China began a soft blockade of Taiwan. They put warships all around Taiwan, and they basically called it a warning. Well, I'll say it's some kind of warning. China views democratically governed Taiwan as its own territory and has never renounced the use of force to bring the island under its control, while Taiwan's government strongly objects to that, of course, and has since 1949. Because of all of these tensions, Macron has made it clear that there's a great risk that Europe, quote, gets caught up in crises that aren't theirs which would prevent them from building a strategic autonomy, he said. So Taiwan, I guess he's saying, is not their fight. Europeans could care less. Well, they should care, since Taiwan is the crux of the modern supply chain. Yes, China delivers a lot around the world via supply chain, but Taiwan is sort of the beating heart of that. Taiwan is all about microprocessing chips, Everything from your car to your fridge to your microwave, Taiwan. So they should care if China invades Taiwan. Xi and the CCP have backed Macron's strategic autonomy concept because they want to drive wedges all over the place between the United States and our traditional allies, and they're doing a damn good job of it. 
Macron also suggested that European nations should reduce their dependence on the, quote, extraterritoriality of the U.S. dollar, which, of course, Beijing and Moscow also strongly support. They want the destruction of the U.S. dollar. Macron worries that if tensions between uh, the United States and China heat up, they won't have the time nor the resources to finance their strategic autonomy. So I guess they want to be like Switzerland back in the day, neutral between the United States and China. You can see that this is an economic consideration. It's also a geopolitical one since China is on the ascent and the United States is in decline. But the idea that Macron and France is now talking about moving away from the U.S. dollar right into the hands of Beijing and the Russians and the Iranians and all of our other enemies that want to see the United States crushed, this is big. Macron aligning himself with the CCP, this is big, especially as it relates to the U.S. dollar. China is preparing for war, guys. It's not being reported in the press because the propagandists don't want you to know this, but the drills that have been going on the last several days near Taiwan look to be in response to all kinds of American official contacts with Taiwan, including Kevin McCarthy meeting with the Taiwanese president, all to the good. Also, Michael McCall has led a CODEL, a congressional delegation as well. So all of that is to the, to the good. But China's military, whether there are these kinds of contacts or not, is getting ready all the time to invade Taiwan. And they do see a window of opportunity here to go in, just as Vladimir Putin did in Ukraine, because the American president is a senile fool and the United States is perceived as weak. Meanwhile, all of our military assets are being depleted in Ukraine. We have spent upwards of $200 billion in cash and military treasure in support of corrupt Zelensky's uh, play against the Russians. And at the same time, if China goes into Taiwan, what are we going to do? We simply don't have the resources to fight that front as well. And China knows it. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Mark, I want to understand white rage, Millie, keeps telling the American people that China's not going to war anytime soon. Don't worry about it. He's constantly downplaying what the Chinese are doing. It's, he's living in wishful thinking or denial, or he actually wants China to prevail. In any event, this is not going to end well, guys. Macron's comments here show the failure of Biden's policies. Biden came into office criticizing Trump and saying he didn't work with allies, but now we're witnessing open defiance by America's oldest ally. That's right, the French might drive us crazy, but the French are America's oldest ally. And here they're basically blowing us off, allying themselves instead with the growing power on the block, which is China. Biden's weakness is to blame for Macron's stunning statements. No European leader dared to say anything like this while Trump was in the Oval Office, right? No way, because America was back. And every smaller power, every weaker power wants to bandwagon with a stronger power for protection and economic benefits. It's International Relations 101, guys, okay? Common sense. 
So nobody ever dared to say this while Trump was in office, and they didn't have to. They had American power, and they were glad to be on America's side. But now the dynamics are shifting. American businesses are continuing to make investments in China, and all of these investments undermine our national security. As long as the Biden administration does nothing to restrict them from doing so, from investing in China, they're still going to do it. Consider Elon Musk, right? Musk is great on the free speech stuff and on Twitter, but his increasing reliance on China is a big concern because he controls both Twitter and SpaceX. So it, while Twitter is nice now, Beijing can lean on him in a second because of Tesla's dependence on the Chinese market. And if Beijing says jump, Musk might say how high. You see it with Tim Cook and Apple. Disney has questionable ties to, to China. It's all interrelated. And the decoupling that is probably going to have to happen here is going to be very complex and very painful. The propaganda press is not telling you any of this. Again, they want you focused on President Trump and his indictment, which we all have to be focused on because it's so outrageous and appalling and damaging to the country. But they're not reporting on these bigger stories, the Biden crime family corruption, the ties to the CCP, and the bigger geopolitical picture here of what the CCP is doing and how far and fast they are advancing to dominate the world. Don't forget that the CCP is on record saying that it wants to replace America's economic dominance by 2025. That's in two years. And they want to match America's military power by 2030. That's seven years away. Once we reach those tipping points, guys, it's all over. Because regaining our dominant status and our superpower status is going to be very, very difficult. All right, when we come back, we're going to turn to big tech and a real hero in trying to take on big tech. Michael Seifert is going to join us here in just a second. First, so guys, you know, to take on all of these battles, we have to be really healthy. And I know it's super hard to eat healthy when you're busy, whether you're traveling, taking care of the kids, or just the daily hustle. It can be really hard to get the daily recommended vegetables and fruit in your diet. That's why I take Field of Greens. It's whole organic fruits and vegetables, not a watered-down supplement. And it's backed by a better health promise. Each ingredient in Field of Greens was scientifically chosen to support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidney health. Others support my immune system, blood pressure, metabolism, and healthy weight loss. So let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. Like me, you'll probably look and feel healthier fast and have way more energy. But your best proof will be at your next checkup when your doctor says, hey, whatever you're doing is working. Keep it up. To get 15% off, visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code Monica at fieldofgreens.com. We're coming right back. Well, you know, you guys, we spend a lot of time on this program talking about the nefarious influence of big tech 
And I'm not sure anybody really saw the kind of overwhelming monolithic control that big tech would have over our lives over the last 20 years or so when it, it first sort of came on the scene and smartphones came on the scene, et cetera. I don't think anybody had any concept of the kind of Frankenstein monster big tech would become. But we've got to have alternatives to big tech. And the problem is that it is such a daunting task to try to build those alternatives because big tech has uh, so many resources, obviously tremendous wealth and tremendous power, not just in terms of what big tech does and controls, but also the fact that they are working hand in glove with the federal government. And we've seen that through the Twitter files, but we've really seen it through every aspect of American society and life. It's very clear the, the amount of power that these tech behemoths control. So building alternatives to say an Amazon or a Twitter um, is exceedingly difficult. And that's why the big tech titans have often laughed at us when we have said, this is so unfair what they're doing, particularly to conservatives, but the amount of control that they have and those titans would just sort of laugh and say, well, if you don't like it, go build your own, knowing how tough it is. Well, today I am so happy that we are joined by somebody who is actually incredibly and extraordinarily building a real alternative to the big tech uh, monolith. Michael Seifert is the founder and CEO and president of Public Square, which you can find at publicsquare.com. And I was so delighted uh, to lead a panel at CPAC a couple of weeks ago uh, in Washington. And Michael was one of the panelists and he's just an extraordinary person doing extraordinary things that you all need to know about. And that's why I'm so delighted he's here today. Hi, Michael. Hi, Monica. Thank you for having me. Well, it is great to talk to you again. And we did have this fantastic panel at CPAC. Uh, where you made such an important contribution to this conversation, as you're doing with Public Square. Um, and I do want to get into what you, you guys are building at Public Square, because this whole audience should be uh, taking part in Public Square, utilizing it, and, and certainly be aware of it. But before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about the, what I just laid out, which is the, the tech behemoths and the amount of control that big tech has over our lives. Can you sort of take us back in time to where you, you became interested in technology and became aware of big tech and its tentacles literally in every part of our lives and not just the products and services that big tech can provide, which can be very positive, but also the darker side to big tech. Well, I'm happy to. I started witnessing this ultimately about a decade ago, but the reality is it had been going along uh, for about two decades, largely in the shadows before that. And the authoritarians, I call them authoritarians because these authoritarians, their ultimate desire is for control. They do not trust you to make your own decisions. And they believe that if they were able to socially engineer society, uh, ultimately it would work for the furthering of their control and the betterment of the planet. They believe with the most narcissistic uh, uh 
attitudes as possible that ultimately they should be in control. You are inferior and therefore in the avenues of commerce and communications and entertainment, only their message can prevail. Those are the authoritarians. Uh, a few decades ago, the authoritarians realized that just voting was not enough. If they wanted to truly shift the power structures of society toward their aims, they would have to ultimately infiltrate avenues of culture so pop culture through media and entertainment, culture through commerce, because ultimately uh, one of the most free expressions of someone's humanity is the ability to transact, to buy and sell and trade. And so they wanted to control that avenue as well. And then finally, through communication, through speech, as the world turned more digital, the avenues for communication largely went digital as well. And so they recognized that there was a strong need to infiltrate any sort of social platforms uh, from their inception and make sure that they uh, ha could shift those communication methods toward their aims, toward their speech. They wanted to be the arbiters of truth. And so about 10 years ago, it started getting really bad because while they had been building this monolith behind the scenes, it became very prevalent out in the open. We started to see uh, major voices on the right. Conservatives become canceled. Uh, we started to witness certain companies uh, that had more conservative views come underneath the, the intimidation of big tech and big commerce. Uh, we witnessed even the government start to begin to come after conservative businesses. I, I often reflect on the Hobby Lobby case uh, back from the 90s. And Ultimately, what it's left us with is this environment where not only are, if you're a conservative, if you love your country, if you love the Constitution, the freedoms and the liberties that we hold dear, not only are you having to go after a big government and you're having to stand up for your civil liberties in the face of a bureaucratic regime, you're also having to contend with social platforms that have been weaponized against your voice. You're having to deal with media platforms that will only allow some forms of entertainment and not others. Uh, under the guise of stopping misinformation, quote unquote. And then you're also having to go uh, against the threat of cancellation from your financial institutions and companies that have weaponized their progressive values against the values that tens of millions of Americans still hold dear. So that's the environment we see ourselves in today. Witnessed it for the last decade strongly, but it had been building for decades before that. And now it's time for us to wake up and realize uh, the true battle at hand. And that if we want to take our country back, it looks a lot like it looks like a lot more than just winning the next presidential election. It looks yes. like shifting our spending. It looks like promoting alternative platforms. It like it looks like moving our communication to methods that we know are uncancelable, and that's ultimately what we're trying to create. Yes, which is so brilliant. And I do want to uh, get into what you're building um, with Public Square because it's amazing. Um, you know, how did we get to this point? I mean. You know, I, I remember in the early 1990s having one of the first laptops, I guess, and it was so crude. Um, but I mean, going to school, I was sitting in the library. That's how we did research, right? We didn't have the internet. So in the space of, what, 30 years, this has just exploded. Um, and it's everywhere. And the amount of computing power that you hold in your hand with your smartphone is more than the original IBM computers that put men on the moon in the late 1960s. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And while it has its, its positive attributes and can perform, perform tremendous service um, in, in terms of expanding knowledge and giving you knowledge and, and power, it's also 
extraordinary power in the hands of just a few. And as you point out, this technology has been weaponized for their own purposes of power and control, and certainly their own ideological purposes on the left. And over the past couple of years, and we talked about this at CPAC, Michael, we have heard a lot about fake collusion that was designed to destroy President Trump and distract everybody else from the actual collusion taking place between big government, big media, and big tech to spread their own poisonous dis disinformation while suppressing your free speech and eliminating your fundamental right to express yourself in the new digital public square. So how do we get here? And then how do we extricate ourselves from this? That's a great question. I think in order to go forward with eyes wide open, we do have to look back and recognize the factors at play largely self-inflicted that got us to this point. I say self-inflicted because ultimately these people are, uh, they're fear mongers, they're control freaks. They so badly want to run your life and they will do anything. We're seeing it right now with the indictment of, of former president Trump. I mean, it's just absurd. Mm -hmm. They don't even play by the rules anymore. They just want control at all costs. So we cannot be surprised when they act like tyrants. I think the thing that I'm more disappointed by is the fact that we let it happen. I think in our apathy, we abdicated our responsibility to protect civil liberties. And we essentially gave our role away and we allowed for these tyrants to take over our lives on the altars of convenience. I think in the 90s and in the early thousands, as tech began to evolve, we got so excited about the possibilities that we didn't put in a lot of checks and balances. We did not require accountability out of these people. We propped up these young, you know, early 20-year-old Mark Zuckerbergs of the world and allowed them to create these platforms free of any sort of guardrails that would ultimately um, end up destroying so much of the kind of American principles that we, we hold dear. And so I think that in the early days, some of the people that stood out and said, hey, guys, this is actually pretty dangerous. We should talk a little bit more about the long-term ramifications of this. A lot of those people were kind of laughed at. The people that called the world that we're in today, you know, ultimately the end result of a slippery slope two, three decades ago, we kind of scoffed at them and we said, well, they were just, you know, too purist and they, they were, uh, they were the uh, kind of goody two shoes that weren't excited about the evolution. They were they were stuck in the in the stone ages and they weren't really excited about innovation and this new progression. We laughed at those people, but they were right. And they were right, not only in manners of tech and how it's evolved and how it's created this sort of Frankenstein, but they were right in pop culture, too. I mean, I, I remember people like my grandmother, my sweet grandmother would, that would say two decades ago, hey, some of the cultural things we're seeing right now, this is a slippery slope. We got to be careful. And we all kind of scoffed and we're like, it's not a big deal, whether it be, you know, all of a sudden starting to talk about gender and this general degradation of any sort of purity in society. I mean, we all kind of laughed at it. And now today, what we're seeing is just this dystopian uh, version of a Marxist utopia that is free of any morality, free of any objective truth, free of any liberty and freedom and righteousness. And ultimately, that's because we let the domains of media and entertainment and commerce and communications be dominated by people that do not have a moral compass. Their only guiding principle is the furthering of their power. 
We let this happen in commerce. We sold our soul to countries that hate us to let them do all of our manufacturing because we wanted cheaper crap made quicker. I mean, so much of our American experiment that was pure and beautiful, we have allowed to die on the altars of convenience. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited for a new dawn of American Renaissance where people wake up and realize that ultimately, if we want this American experiment to continue with the Beatitudes that made it so special in the first place, it's up to us as consumers to recognize that we hold the levers. We can turn off their power by simply unsubscribing for that system, but we have to get rid of our apathy. We have to take the bull by the horns and recognize that the power belongs to us, we the people, but that's never going to happen unless we take it back. Yes, and you're exactly right that the power always lies with the people, and sometimes we lose sight of that and we get distracted or we get lulled into a false sense of complacency or just apathy, inertia kicks in and we don't act, but we do have the power. And if we wanna see a change with big tech, with our culture, with our politics, then we're the ones that need to rise up uh, and really take the bull by the horns. You know, this is what we're living through is like a combination of Orwell's 1984 and Brave New World with the drugs lulling us and, and the rise of the machines and everything else. And what you have said is exactly right about how over the last 30 to 40 years, we thought, oh, personal computing, this is all to the good. And now we've seen how all of that can take off into a direction that nobody really anticipated or can control. And now we're in this AI moment, Michael, where you know we, we're in the next chapter which makes it even more dangerous because nobody knows how to control AI. All right, Michael, please stand by. A lot more to get to with you on the other side of the break. But guys, you know, we talk a lot about the economy here and how it's sucking salt. And you have heard me talk a lot about birch gold. Now is the time to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. As the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending, long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling banks. Depositors are holding their breath and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Diversification has never been more important. The recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. This is why gold has historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation. So now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it so easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text MONICA to 989-898 to get a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401k that's tied to a volatile market into an IRA in physical precious metals, gold and silver. And the best part, it's tax sheltered. Text Monica to 989-898 to claim your free info kit on gold today. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. Text Monica to 989-898 today. We'll be right back. So let's talk about some of the proactive solutions, because as I said, in the past, 
when we would complain about big tech suffocating control, the tech giants would just laugh and say sarcastically, well, then just go build your own if you don't like the way we're running things, knowing how exceedingly difficult that is, given that they control the entire infrastructure and just sitting atop piles of money to control all of this. And yet you guys at Public Square are actually doing it. You are building an alternate uh, universe. So can you tell us, uh, first of all, how the idea for Public Square happened and what you're doing, how you're building out this company? Well, I'd be happy to. We started a company called Public Square. PublicSQ.com is where you can find the site. You can also download it from the App Store or Google Play on your phone. On your phone, and we are a digital marketplace of America First companies. Companies that are run uh, with conservative values. They love our country. They love our freedoms, and they want to make sure that they protect the values embodied in the Constitution. And uh, when a new business signs up today, they agree to respect our five core values of the company, and that helps consumers know with a blessed assurance that they are not funding their opposition. These are companies that are not bought into the woke craze. They have taken a stance for truth and we appreciate them. They come from all different industries and all different backgrounds. And it's a great network for consumers to jump into and it's all free. So that's publicsq.com. That's what we started. The reason we started it is because as we're talking about, we've witnessed the power structures of society largely get corrupted. And the only way that we can feel comfortable unsubscribing from that system is if we have a new engine to subscribe to. One that is founded upon the values, again, protected by our constitution. And so what we wanted to do is ultimately make it very easy for consumers to recognize the multiple companies across multiple industries that love their values and would protect them. And then we actually wanted to encourage the businesses to give discounts to consumers for going there so that we can create this incentivized shopping experience centered on our values. We were tired of feeling alone. We were tired of being told that we're the minority and there's not a ton of us out there anymore. And these were antiquated beliefs and nobody really feels this way anymore. We didn't buy it. We believe that there's 150 plus million Americans that feel this way. We do believe that the values that are found in our constitution, the values reflected in our core values, love for country, love for the sanctity of life, love for truth, recognizing that the government is not our God. It cannot give us our rights. Therefore, it cannot take them away. These principles, we believe the majority of Americans still hold dear. So what if they had a transaction experience that would allow for this unaddressed market to feel connected to each other and connected to businesses? That's ultimately our goal. That way people could transact with freedom, knowing that they're not going to get canceled from their financial institution. They're not going to get lectured by their coffee shop about gender roles. They're not going to get... Uh, in a situation where they're inadvertently accidentally funding abortion with the purchase of leggings. I mean, it's just absurd what these companies are doing today. We wanted to create an alternative. The tyrants told us, if you don't like it, build your own. So that's exactly what we're doing at publicsq.com. It's just so amazing what you guys have done already. And Public SQ for Public Square, publicsq.com. Also check out the app, the Public Square app, download it on your phone and do your shopping there. I have to tell you, Michael, as someone who loves my country and all of its foundational principles and someone who loves shopping, <laughs> this, this is the ideal app for me. And I know for everybody in the audience as well, because there's so much frustration that we are giving our money, our disposable income to companies that absolutely hate us, 
hate our values, are seeking to destroy all of it, and yet, uh, okay, well, I'm going to go on Amazon.com and order paper towels, toilet paper, some soap, all the stuff that I need, because it is easy. It's easy, fast, and convenient. And so you've taken that and said, you know what? We're going to build a marketplace uh, for people who actually share our values and companies that share our values where you can do all of that with the same convenience and ease of use. That's what we're building. Uh, Rome was not built in the day. It's certainly uh, taking everything we have. We've got an amazing team uh, that is driven to see this mission accomplished. And in less than two years since launching, I mean, it's been wild to watch what's happened. In fact, we only launched nationwide 10 months ago. And so to witness the way that this movement has grown and the way that the product, the platform has evolved and the way that thousands of new consumers are creating memberships every day and saying they're fe finally feeling connected to a real community here and that they're feeling empowered with their wallets, these stories make it all worthwhile. And so we're just getting started. What I'm trying to tell people too is that uh, not only is this a really liberating movement that's being created, it's also a very lucrative one. Companies need to recognize that if they're willing to speak to the parallel economy, if they're willing to recognize and appreciate the values that millions of Americans hold dear that have been unaddressed and disenfranchised, not only will it be a liberating experience for them, it will be a profitable one. They will see their business flourish. We are seeing that time and time again. A story I'll leave you with is the Goya Foods founder two years ago came out and said, hey, I'm voting for Trump. And the left tried to crucify this man. I mean, it was absurd, their response. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, congresswoman from New York, came out and said, we should boycott Goya Foods. They're the largest Latin American food provider in the United States. What ended up happening is that they had their most success, successful month on record to the point where the CEO of Goya actually put up a picture of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in his hallway and named her employee of the month and said, anytime you want to initiate a boycott against our company, you be my guest because you just mm -hmm. blew us up. That is the message I hope to leave with any of the businesses out there that love our country, love our freedoms, love these values, is take a step out. Say to this unaddressed market, I'm here for you. It's not even a political statement. It's a cultural one. It's letting them know that there's trust that could be implemented in this transaction because they need to know that you as a business are a safe place that will honor their, their freedoms. And uh, ultimately in the process, we believe, and we're seeing it in our platform every day, these businesses are flourishing because of it. Yeah, and they deserve all of our support. And the way you do that is with your wallets, your money, you buy their goods and their services, and they are supported by that. Obviously, rather than give more money to Jeff Bezos, you turn around and you support your fellow Americans who, uh, with small businesses. I mean, the vast majority of businesses on Public Square are small businesses. Um, you know, American entrepreneurs who are trying to live the American dream, and you can help them do that rather than supporting big tech and, uh, and these businesses that are just completely opposed to all of your values. And to your point about boycotts, it's a really important point. You know, our side has really struggled with boycotts. Our side is like, well, it's not really the, the, the capitalist thing to do to boycott a company. And in the end, I need their products anyway. So, you know, and it's, it's just never worked either morally or economically. Well, here with Public Square, you do, it's almost like a soft boycott, like a boycott suggests that you will have to do without that product or service. But what Michael has built here with uh, Public Square is you don't have to go without 
you just find it somewhere else um, with a company or a small business that actually supports what we are all about. That's exactly right. We are not asking people to go without. We're simply asking them to unsubscribe from a corrupt system and subscribe to a new one that's centered on the principles of human flourishing and civil liberties. And in that process, of course, there are going to be uh, certain products that are easier to replace than others. Um, but you'll never be able to replace your iPhone unless you start somewhere. We have some people that come to us and say, you know what, I'm really, I'm really excited about this, but I don't know. It's just, they own so much. They're, they're, they own our laptops and our phones and our cars and the tyrants. They just have so much control. And my simple answer is that may be true, but that will never change unless you start with the simple purchases. Unless you start by moving your bank, moving your coffee shop, moving your clothing to a company that doesn't hate you, Unless you start there, we'll never tackle the iPhone. We'll never tackle the computer. We'll never find a new car company. But if you do start there, we're going to send a message to the economy over the long term that the entrepreneurs that succeed and thrive are the ones that are willing to tap into this unaddressed market, which by the way, the patriotic economy is like the third largest GDP economy in the world. It's amazing. And it's the last emerging market. So if you're willing to speak to that audience and to let them know that they're valued, your business will thrive. That will create other businesses that thrive. In turn, you're going to create new industries out of that. And we're going to see an entire network evolve because they told us to build our own. So we went and we did a whole new mm -hmm. ecosystem where we know that the principles that our country was founded upon are able to thrive into the future. It's all very, very exciting. And really, our hats are off to you, Michael, and, and others um, who are building alternative parallel tracks and an alternative uh, economy. That's the only way that you're going to get you know, the big gun's attention is to become a big gun yourself, <laughs> which is what exactly what you're doing. And it is exceedingly difficult because they control everything. They control the entire tech infrastructure from the cloud to servers to you name it. So the fact that you're doing this is extraordinary. It, it is absolutely commendable and everybody should be supporting it. So exciting. Um, before we let you go, Michael, any response to you from Silicon Valley? You know, we've certainly had our naysayers and we've certainly had our antagonists. But what's great is that in the process, anytime we get attacked, it only makes us stronger. We've had the hit pieces written about us and always the same story. They think that we are spreaders and misinformation and we're funding companies that are hateful and we embrace bigotry and all these different things. When in reality, we're the ones that embrace true equality. We're the ones that embrace true value for the individual. We're the ones that haven't bought into intersectional woke politics and dividing the country. We're the ones that have actually said that humans are special and endowed with certain rights, uh, by unalienable rights by their creator. Among these is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So anytime we get hit, it kind of looks silly because it's like, wait, are you saying you don't love freedom? Are you saying you don't love true equality? Are you saying you don't love these principles? And then our business grows from it. So anytime we get a hit piece, it ends up being one of the greatest days of our growth. That is the tried and true uh, track record of this company. So Silicon Valley's tried to push back. We've had the haters. We've had journalists come out and try to speak negatively against us. And at the end of the day, our simple message is keep it coming. You're not stopping the parallel economy. 
you're very much like Donald Trump in that way, Michael, <laughs> that every time you get hit, it only makes you stronger. So you're in very good company uh, with the former president and probably the next president as well. Um, well, you're just doing such important uh, work, Michael, in helping us all escape big tech censorship and control and get us back to a truly free marketplace, both of ideas and goods and services. And it, it's there really is no more important work. So thank you so much for doing what you're doing and remind everybody how they can find Public Square both on the net and via app. Well, thank you so much, Monica, for having me. We'd love for all of your listeners to join the community, whether you're a consumer or a business owner, you can join for free. Uh, you can head to publicsq.com to access it on the web. Uh, you can also learn more there and you can find links to the App Store and Google Play. But if you search Public Square in the App Store or Google Play, you'll find us right away as well. Uh, look for Public SQ, download the app, join the journey. We'd love to have you a part of the community and uh, we're excited to be just getting started. So the country is going to look different in the coming years because of what we do here. But that only works if each and every one of us as patriots step up and realize that the way to secure the victory over the long term is to vote with our dollars and shift the power structures of society back toward we the people and we'd love for you to do that with us at public square public square is amazing guys take it from me so download the app go check it out on the web publicsq.com the founder president and ceo michael seifert you are such a pleasure to have with us today thank you so much for being here and also for doing what you're doing thank you so much monica i appreciate it you bet god bless Okay, guys, that's going to do it for me here on this Monday. Thank you so much for joining me and for checking out our great sponsors. On Wednesday, we're going to talk superpower in peril. On Friday, we've got the hilarious Terrence Williams going to join us. So don't miss a second of the Monica Crowley podcast. Have a great start to your week, you guys, and I will see you right back here on Wednesday. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.